2: Hola, Hello, universe Podcast. of the world. I guess. Oh. Um, we are we are
1: starting a cult. How about that's that? True. It's Grant and Jake. That's me, and that's Grant.
2: Yeah, that's us. We are here today on this beautiful Friday, nearing the end of August, two thousand and twenty-one. that insane. That is very hard to believe, but we're here today. To kind of give you a rundown of something that, you see, I'm going to tell you this right now. You may or may not know some of these things we're going to speak of today, but there's a lot more to it than you think. And if you, obviously, you know, as the title would suggest, we're moving into the world of the werewolf. It's been okay. a long
1: time coming. Mm-hmm. I know you've been into it pretty recently, pretty hard. Oh yeah, oh some, yeah. Some some sightings, some. Some just interesting hairy men.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, werewolves um, interchangeably. I will say this: we kind of did this with the Men in Black episode. The term werewolf and dog man uh, are going to be pretty interchangeable. I'd say for this, also lycanthrope. Yeah, yeah, lycanthropy. They're they're gonna they're all gonna equate the same value. Okay, it's all the same
1: thing. Dog on two legs, maybe.
2: Yeah, pretty much. It's a bipedal canine, and they are notoriously terrifying. Sometimes they're
1: evil. Sometimes they're sexy. They have six packs, you know.
2: And sometimes you see them with a Chinese menu in their hand. I don't know why, but sometimes you do. Yeah,
1: I heard that somewhere. Yeah. A little old lady got mutilated late last night. I don't know.
2: And his hair was perfect. But werewolves, there's something that I'll start by saying this. Um... They're obviously in the realm of the movie monster, similar to that of a vampire, a Frankenstein-like beast, I guess, yeah. which would encompass like the Living Dead. You I know? feel like
1: werewolves are kind of on the B side of the the go-to tropes. Oh yeah, you know, like the like what is it? Probably mummy, vampire, Frankenstein is his own category somehow. Mm-hmm. But I would probably put him under zombie. And then yeah, where you know, dead. like, those four are the big ones.
2: Pretty much. And w- what we're dealing with here is, in a, in a roundabout way, it's an urban legend. Like, you know what I'm saying? It Nothing has ever been proven to exist similar to that of, I guess, any other cryptid out there. But this, it goes beyond the realm of the cryptid. This is its own subcategory of everybody i would argue and say that most people familiar with some form of entertainment they know what a werewolf is or the generic yeah.
1: idea and i feel like i was thinking about this earlier like i feel like the only difference between a werewolf and a skinwalker is the fact that werewolves are often seen on two legs yeah and that there's like the rule like there's commonly the rule of like ooh full moon and like all these different weird specifics on, like, how they become werewolves and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because the thing that I've learned, especially, especially, especially doing the research for this episode, in in all honesty, they're they're very similar. It's just a dialect, I guess. You know how certain people say things differently where you go, but they mean the same thing?
1: I was just thinking in the bathroom while I was peeing earlier, just probably 30 seconds ago, I said, "Oh." Yeah. Uh, when when the, the toilet lid fell when I didn't want it to. And then I thought, you know what? I don't think many people say that outside of here. Not many people say Ope. What, are you, what about you? Do you say Ope?
2: I do. I catch myself and I kind of don't like it sometimes. I say Ope
1: all the fucking time.
2: But I uh, I, I do catch myself I'm like, ooh, oop oop, And I'm like, wait a minute. Did I just say that?
1: I, I say it so often that when I realize I'm saying it, I get really annoyed and in a bad mood. With myself, right <laughs> like, I just—it's just so disappointed. I'm just like, why am I like this? Oh, it, it ruins I my say, day. Oh, say it again. Oh.
2: So the the idea of the werewolf in recent years—it's obviously romanticized with things like Twilight and
1: yeah, other with a boy named Jacob. <gasps> oh, that's me, Team Jacob. Oh my god.
2: Um, but. I mean, that's just kind of how these things go. They get so oversaturated in the market that eventually we turn them into different things. I mean, look at zombies. We had that, uh, what was the name of that? That warm bodies, that like romance story. Oh, yeah. We get just that.
1: Necrophiles.
2: Uh, vampires, obviously they have been extremely romanticized more than anything,
1: I would say. To the point where it's just, just sexy people. That they're just like, yeah, and they're also vampires. That's what makes them sexy. It's It's like, okay, so they're just synonymous now.
2: These guys are a little quirky. They drink
1: blood. It's like, oh, (laughs) oh. Their skin sparkles as if just at a rave.
2: So the idea of the werewolf and the skinwalker, they're very, very similar. The skinwalker is a Native American tradition, and typically the big, big difference here is that The idea of the werewolf is that they go between forms. They are human, and then they can turn sometimes at will or, like Jake said, commonly, you know, the full moon. moon There's some form of – some outside force that affects that change, whereas a skinwalker – they are shapeshifters, but they're typically, they they don't, they're not human.
1: They can, like, do it at will. And, like, yeah. hum, being a human is just another one of their forms. Yeah, it's like they There's can, no, like, baseline sort of thing.
2: And the difference here is that if you are to believe in the werewolf theory, werewolves' natural form, uh, they are human. A uh, skinwalker's natural form would be that of a skinwalker. That's the big difference. There you go. It, it is naturally just what it is.
1: Um, and, like, there's d- many different origins as to, like, how people can become werewolves. I'm pretty sure in, like, 16th century year- or 15th century Europe, I was thinking 1600s, um, it was, like, commonly believed that if you, like, slept outside in the summer under a full moon on a Wednesday or a Friday, ooh. you just become a, a lycanthrope. Like, anthropy yeah. up the ass from the moon. Only on Wednesdays and Fridays, though. Yeah, yeah. And Super weird.
2: The, I will. We'll kind of. We'll touch on this first because it's not really related to where we're going to go in the episode, but it is important to say.
1: There's no plan, man. There's just so many weird facts.
2: Yeah, it, it's really just like you know different sightings, kind of some of the historical, I guess, depictions of this and like how people came in to believe it. But the idea of lycanthropy, it, it is real. Um, it again, it kind of goes into the pseudo scientific thing, where we don't really have enough research to say that you know this. It's a definitive thing. We can find these symptoms, and when you have these, we can chalk it up to yeah, this. Yeah, it's
1: like lycanthropy, totally.
2: But it it does exist, and it's a medical condition, typically believed to be a form of. I guess nowadays it'd be like mental illness, where. One believes wholeheartedly that they are a wolf or a dog or some type of canid creature. Okay, it lives
1: on today in the form of furries. Uh,
2: yeah, I guess a little maybe, bit. maybe. No, they give it a bad name. I they're mean,
1: more centered on fucking each other in these suits.
2: Yeah, they're maybe. more. They're more of like they're like the lighter side. Never met know? a
1: furry, honestly. If you're a furry, email well, that us you know of, and like, well, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's another thing. It's like, come on, come on, be free with it, you know. If it's nothing to be ashamed of,
2: Maybe, but that's part of the fun, you know. If, you like, know, if
1: you're a furry educator, send us an email at startacult at gmail I know nothing of the culture.
2: Think of like people. If you go on like you know Reddit or like you read these stories or you see these things, think of. It, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in no way comparing the two. I'm just using this as an example to kind of draw a bridge to how this works. Uh, people that enjoy cross dressing, you know. Yeah, And I'm not talking about transgender individuals. I'm talking about straight up just they like dressing like the opposite sex. I'll wear
1: a pair of heels, yeah.
2: Part of the fun of that to them, or at least what I'm aware of in some of these things that I've read online, part of the fun of that is like the hidden nature behind it, you know? It's like I do this in my private... T- they're not walking down the street like it because that's not fun for them. And I, I feel that some furries, they probably feel the similar where it's like the fun of being the furry... It's is like, the anonymity. You yeah. take on the character that you're
1: wearing. So it's like scandalous in your own mind, maybe only, but to I guess many others. Yeah. Out if they saw you. But yeah, I guess it, it's all on how you look at your own thing that you're
2: doing. No, exa- exactly. All right.
1: But, well, let's get off first. Let's go back
2: to Yeah, yeah. So lycanthropy or lycanthropy or whatever however you prefer to call it. Or lycanthrope. Yeah. Um it is believed that th- this is a real thing. But they've seen it before where. And some of the symptoms, I guess, would say that, you know, they they act feral, I guess, if you want to call it that. Feral humans.
1: They just, like, growl and shit. And there's, like, yeah, no language. Just. They, you know, emotive they. emotive noises.
2: They typically try to eat raw meat. Uh. They in a, in a way they try to act like a wolf, and there's obviously there's a lot more information to like lycan- like ly- lycanthropy.
1: Yeah, it's not just like emotive people eating sushi. It's, no, you know,
2: but the, it's not particularly something that we want to spend time on because for this show we like we like the wild side. You know, we take a walk on the wild side here, and we're gonna tell you guys about. Some of the bigger sightings, some of the more, you know, believed things. Yeah. And then even some of the, in a way, I mean, we're going to give you an audio chart, I guess, of, you know, skinwalkers slash wendigos and werewolves. There we go. They kind of cross over each other. If you were to put a Venn diagram of the two, there'd be a lot more similarities than there would differences. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is a cultural thing. Um, how do we want to handle this should uh how do we, how do you want to handle this Jake
1: i don't know i have like a timeline uh that i found but i, I don't want to read like every single thing on it cuz it's kind of dry at points but it i found it interesting that like uh the idea of like lycanthropy mm-hmm. or just being aware you know whatever it's synonymous like we said at the beginning uh it dates back to like 1550 BC Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Where yep. like King Lycaon, Lycaon, I think is that where it came from. But King Lycaon uh, of Arcadia serves human flesh to the god Zeus and is transformed into a wolf as punishment. Yep. So that's like the first ever recorded instance of this kind of thing happening.
2: And yeah, it, it's funny because in this story, I mean, there's obviously if you're well versed in Greek mythology, you know it goes to you, yeah. you know some of these things, but. So the, essentially what happened was that Ly- Lycone or Lycaon or whatever, yeah. however you pronounce that.
1: Lycan, like um, an underworld.
2: Uh, so he pissed Zeus off really hard. Yeah, he's like, can't eat that flesh. They chopped up a dead child, and they served it to him, right? And Zeus was so pissed that he turned Lycaon and, or Lycon and his family into wolves. All right kind of cute um so th- this is insanity all right before the, i guess maybe i don't i shouldn't say before this but another at least what scholars look at as one of the earliest examples of uh the idea of a werewolf is the epic of gilgamesh Ooh,
1: Epic uh, gilgamesh it, it keeps coming up right you know it's it, like of, of origin stories it's the one everyone keeps going back to
2: well, in in the story uh, of which I have never read because let's face it, I just I don't have the attention span to we read could, that. We could
1: spark note it, I'm yeah, sure. There, that's you know, so old. Spark as... noting g- the Epic of Gilgamesh. There has to be, but
2: yeah. Gilgamesh uh, he bailed on this lady, right? And you know why? Because uh, according to them, she had turned her previous mate into a wolf.
1: Yeah, I'd cut it off probably.
2: So, yeah, I mean, these two examples, they're very, very... I shouldn't say generic. That makes them sound kind of throwaway. But they're very one-off things. It's like, oh, they turned him into a wolf. And then we look back at it with the knowledge we have of today, and we see that these two things kind of sparked the idea of the werewolf as a whole. Yeah. Because they were openly talked about in Greek mythology and in literature. So it's like... The double-sided coin, whatever you're into at the time, which would either be academia or religion, they both have their own little story that has to deal with somebody being turned into a wolf.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, Romans were all over it in the BC times, but they, it was like it wasn't until like 2,500 years after that thing with Zeus I talked about happened that like it even occurred. In the English language, like that, it was even recorded. The word "werewolf," right, right? That was in 1020.
2: Yeah, and that that is huge because, again, it's one of those things. It's it's who pays attention to it. It's like that's not the important story in either of these situations. The fact that Zeus turned somebody into a wolf that means nothing in the grander scale of the whole story of fucking Greece. Yeah, okay? so it's just
1: kind of going back. It's like that's the first. You know, uh, instance of it. Who the, knows?
2: The one thing that I want to bring up uh, that I find interesting, probably more so than anything, is the very, very, very strange similarity there between the Greek mythology story and the later Native American stories of skinwalkers. Um, what they really won't tell you about skinwalkers or wendigos. I'm pretty certain we brought that up in the Skinwalker Ranch series. I'm
1: almost certain we did. Yeah, Native Americans are not keen on even discussing
2: uh, no, no at no, all, no. ever. They no 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 no. Um, but the the whole thing about the Skinwalker—just a quick, you know, spark notes here—it is somebody that is with bad intention. They're evil, for lack of a better term. But that is not the only thing that you need to do. The other thing you need to do is typically, according to legend, you have to eat and digest the flesh of a loved one. Yeah. Um. Interestingly enough, I can't imagine that that's very common. I hope I'm correct in that statement.
1: That, that is a crazy parallel that I had not even thought of. That's nuts.
2: Yeah, so... That's that's one detail that they they seem to leave out of the more contemporary studies of the skinwalker. Yeah, they they mostly just chalk it up to like, well, it has to be somebody that's pure evil. But the actual legends have pretty descriptive things that you have to do, and that is one of that's one of the big ones. Uh, I'd say, yeah, consuming
1: flesh. a loved one. I'd say that's a pretty big. Yeah. big step to leave out. That know? is right up there. Imagine signing up to be a skinwalker. You're like, I'm pretty evil. I'm pretty I'm I'm down for this new job. Uh, and then they're just like, "All right, you got to go you got to go eat your brother." Yeah, you it's have like, to. "Well, uh like how do I do this? Like can I use Is that Hey, that's another question. Do they have to do it as a person? They have to kill and eat the person as a person and then they become a skinwalker yeah. or do they get the abilities to do it as like a dog? Yeah, yeah. Maybe.
2: Well, I think that's like your punishment, because it's like, it sounds cool, right? Like on the outside. Well, maybe not, but it it has (laughs) appeal. Objectively,
1: it's cool. It has some appeal to
2: it. The fact that you can literally be an anthropomorphic human slash dog slash wolf slash whatever the fuck you feel like, you can do that. That sounds interesting, but I think the reality of that is in in their stories, in the Native American history and their kind of I guess tales of this, that's a bad thing because you're disowned by not only the tribe and your family but the world as a whole. Yeah. Um, and any spirituality that you know your people believe in and they follow, that's null and void at this point. Like you you've given up that right to be part of that life. Yeah. And that's the punishment. So it's like it might seem like, oh, cool, this is a dog man, but you're you're a dog man forever. Like there's no there's nothing yeah. past that. You're it's stuck.
1: Kind of, it's like kind of like committing permanent treason against reality. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really go back, and no one likes you. Hey, maybe you're happy. Are Skinwalkers happy? That's something we haven't talked about. I
2: don't. I mean, I guess I don't know. I think it depends because it's like the way I see it is a great comparison. Think of everything that you want in this world, okay? Think of every whoever is listening out there. Picture in your mind what would be your perfect, perfect life, okay? Now, take that, and that's it. That's all you get. You get that life, but nothing ever changes. You can never grow. You can never lose. You can do nothing. It's always the same. It, it is that until eternity is done. Yeah, it, gross.
1: It, it's fun. It's good. It's what you want. Yeah, for the first 200 years.
2: But then, exactly, that's that's where the idea of the suffering comes in, is that these people are evil, so maybe they do want to go out and kill and murder and rape and torture and devour,
1: but when that's all you can do without ever possibly changing your life... Yeah, they're not like allowed to help people like Parallel Park or something. No, they can't. Not, they can't do like small acts of kindness. No,
2: no, no there's nothing and it's that's when the suffering comes in not to mention any religious or spiritual beliefs you have that are washed away and it's like well you don't get to partake in this anymore
1: but i guess the trade off from that being like a skinwalker to being a werewolf like skinwalkers yeah they can change at will and like but they are damned to that reality but also werewolves. It doesn't seem like that. Uh, are they immortal? Have, we, have you found anything on that? Because I haven't found anything about that. I feel like they're just mortal beings that have a normal life expectancy. But they also just turn into wolves.
2: Um. Well. See, so, this is this is the interesting thing here. Because, well, just so, like
1: just to finish making my point, like they have that, like they have like or at a finite life where mm-hmm. anything could happen, but they don't have a choice into when or how they transform. Exactly. So that's the trade-off, I feel like, between those two, but go ahead.
2: Yeah, so th- this is where the world of werewolves gets very muddy, if it wasn't muddy enough as it is. there There's obviously no concrete evidence to support that they exist. So the idea of the contemporary werewolf, you know, the full moon comes out and you turn into a wolf and it goes away and then you're good for, you know, the next 28 to 31 days or whatever, whatever the cycles of the moon are, you're fine. Yeah. The kind of thing that we're looking at here is not how or why they operate, but studying the idea of what could they be. So then, this kind of opens up the door, which I'll come back to this a little bit later when we talk about the Beast of Bray Road in Wisconsin. Ooh yeah. But just because it's you know referred to as a werewolf or a dog man, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's an anthropomorphic creature it very well could be just a cryptid it could be like a dog person hybrid or a bipedal canine
1: yeah just like uh researching that like uh the the road story you just mentioned like uh, a lot of the articles that i was reading a lot of them were just like it was like a dog man that mm-hmm. looked like maybe bigfoot oh it's yeah it's like they they it gets kind of like the lines are blurred between mm-hmm. them a lot of the time but it's mostly based on people saying like yeah it was like definitely the face of a dog. Yeah. You know.
2: And that that's kind of the interesting part. So I'm going to move in just a one more example for you. Um uh, just so you know that this isn't it's not always the same in Nordic folklore, okay? In the saga of the Volsungs, okay, the Volsungs. I believe it would be pronounced I guess if you're a boringly native English speaker like myself. Yeah. Um. The story goes that a father and a son discovered two wolf pelts, and when you put the pelts on for 10 days, it turned you into a wolf, so you could do whatever you want. And they went on like killing rampages. <laughs> but it was limited. It was limited. It wasn't like yeah, Zeus yeah, yeah. where it was, you know, they're there and it's stuck. This was a very finite, like, you have 10 days, you're a wolf, and it's done. So these are some of the very, very, very early examples of people being able to turn into wolves, okay?
1: It is interesting because like that, it kind of sounds like a Goosebumps-esque sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like if you wear this pelt, it fuses to you and you are a wolf. It's like that mask, whatever the mask story was. (laughs) Yeah,
2: wasn't it like from like another planet or some shit? I don't know. I don't
1: know, something like that. But I don't know, man. Fucking uh, 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 lycanthropy. Uh, werewolves. There was this one story I came across. Uh, this guy named Thies, it's like T T H I E S S. I'm gonna say Thies. Uh, he of uh, of Brunn. Brun. Uh, so he, uh, he he was said to be a werewolf, but he said this to like to a judge in court. It was it, let me just let me just read this. It's it's insane. In 1691, the judges of Jürgensburg, a town in Swedish Slovenia, uh brought before them an octogenarian known as Thies of Kaltebrun. So he was like in his eighties. Uh, they they believed him to be a uh, witness in the case regarding a church robbery, right? Uh, they, were, they were aware of the fact that local people considered him to be a werewolf who had consorted with the devil but they had initially no interest in these allegations uh, which were unrelated to the case at hand nonetheless, although uh, it had no bearing on the case Thies freely admitted to the judges that he had been uh, he would once been a werewolf but claimed that he had given it up ten years prior wow. so like, it was something that he could give up so <laughs> it gets crazier. It gets like very like uh, religious-y. Uh, Thies proceeded to offer them an account of lycanthropy that differed significantly from the traditional view of werewolves than prevalent in northern Germany and the Baltic countries. Thies told the judges that about 10 years previous in 1681 that he had also appeared in court when he had accused a farmer of Lemberg of breaking his nose. Right? Ooh, okay. Right, so that's, that's an offense. So, uh, according to the story that he had told, he had uh, traveled down to hell as a wolf, where the farmer, who was a practicing, practicing Satanist witch, had beat him in the nose with a broomstick decorated with horses' tails.
2: Okay, cool, cool, cool. So,
1: apparently the devil, this was like a normal thing for him, for thieves and like a group of other werewolves, they would go down to hell three times a year And fight Satan and his witches, trying to get the shit that the witches stole from Earth back to bring back to the farmers. Uh So the werewolves were like, in a sense, like Peter Pan, not Peter Pan, Robin Hood. Yeah. They're like a Robin Hood sort of situation, but they ended up actually imprisoning uh, thieves. Because they were just like, yeah, um, we don't believe you. We We think you're working for the devil. That makes so, like, sense, the though. fact he's going to hell is not even, like, a question. They're like, of course. They're just like, no, you're not going against him. You're on his side. So they, they put him in in prison. Okay. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. I would just have to fighting agree. Fighting witches in hell.
2: I, uh, we're going to, yeah, so it's kind of similar to this. We're going to talk a little bit about the idea of what made the werewolves kind of famously infamous, I guess you could say. You know? Yeah, they're, what, they're
1: very uh, mixed
2: creatures. What brought about this contemporary view that we have of them being these cold-blooded killing machines that you know come out at night and tear you apart? Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't typically like to put blame on countries, okay? But I'm blaming France for this one because <laughs> France has a, a lot of different examples here. I'm going to go over the big three, okay? In 19... Or, ooh, not 19, sorry. In 1521, the French fellow named Pierre brigot and Michael Verdun, ooh. Uh, these two individuals, allegedly...
1: Allegedly. 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 Let me say
2: this. They allegedly pledged themselves to the devil, and they went around openly bragging about the fact that they both had this ointment that when they applied it to their skin... Would turn them into wolves, okay? Uh, They were later confessing to brutally murdering several different children, and they were both burned at the stake. And the reason, you might think, oh, this is, you know, olden times, they burned people at the stake for no good reason. It was, this was before the idea of bullets, okay? We didn't know what the fuck that was, so it was like. The way to get rid of a wolf was, you know, you burn it. You burn the wolf. You get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fire
1: purifies. Mm-hmm. Except with Ouija boards.
2: Then we got Gilles Garnier. Okay. It's spelled G-I-L-E-S, but he's a French guy. So I definitely imagine it's like Gilles. Like it, Gilles.
1: Wait, how is it spelled?
2: G-I-L-E-S, like guiles. Guiles. But there's no way that a guy from France's name is Giles. <laughs> it's like Gillet, perhaps. Giles. Gillet Garnier. Like yeah. Uh, he was given the moniker, the Werewolf of Dole. Um, so this was in the 16th century, and funny enough, he claimed the very same thing, that he had this special ointment given to him by the devil that could make him turn into a wolf. Um. Again, he would eat and murder children, not specifically in that order, uh, I guess. It, they never really clarify, but I, I assume that...
1: that... there's times where it happens simultaneously.
2: Mm-hmm. So this opened up a lot of debate, okay? Obviously, at the time, we were not aware of the things we are now, and looking back on it again, it's very easy to see that there's multiple different ways that this could happen, okay? He, they could be... Under the influence of perhaps some type of hallucinogenic substance.
1: Maybe ergot.
2: Maybe. You, you know what? You I, know. I
1: know that ergot was pretty uh, responsible for a lot of people kind of freaking out throughout all of history. Yeah. So <laughs> they're just like, we don't know how to store bread.
2: They could be doing that. Perhaps they suffered from some sort of mental illness. Uh, maybe a slight little tinge of lycanthropy mixed with, you know, serial killing rage.
1: Who knows? What is this ointment, though? We I don't get, know. Like, we got Preparation H. We got, we got what do we got? Neosporin. And now we have, like, werewolf uh, splooge. Like, what is this? I
2: don't know. And it's funny because uh, in the case of Mr. Garnier, uh, they actually requested that he present the ointment.
1: And It was in a futuristic tube, that, much like our... <laughs> It,
2: it said Colgate White. <laughs> oh, God. Like, oh. We're all fucking doomed. But, no, they uh, they did ask him to produce the uh, the ointment so that, you know, they could kind of take a look at it and see what was going on. Yeah. And he never produced it. Uh, they, they burned him at the stake, too, so that, you know, if he was hiding it, I guess no one ever found it. Or if they did.
1: The ointment dies with him. Yeah,
2: the ointment was gone. And then I guess really our other option here is the simple one. Uh, that these guys are just—they're just, just killers—and they found a, a good excuse. It's not really a great excuse. Yeah,
1: but I mean, they still get killed.
2: At the time, they were pretty good excuses because people didn't know this. Um. Then we're gonna. Now I'm gonna move into. This is in Germany, okay, and this is in the 15th century, and this is one of the bigger stories. Uh, you can, if you're interested in reading a little bit more about it. Um, the title is the Bedberg Wolf, B-E-D-B-U-R-G. Ooh. The Bedberg Werewolf. Uh, his name is Peter Stubb or Stube.
1: <laughs> yeah, he killed people. Yep.
2: Yeah. so this dude was rich, okay, and he was a farmer. So he at this time, like, that was, you know, that was wealth. He had stuff. He had liquid assets. He was ready to rock.
1: Yeah, he had it all.
2: Um, According to the local folklore... He could turn into a wolf at night, and this is kind of where we start to see the shapings of the modern day belief, like the the night, you know, the moon comes out, and here they are. Yeah, um, the freaks come out at night, type of shit. Night
1: covers all sin. You know? Um,
2: ironically enough, there was a bit of a killing spree going around the area where uh, a lot of like adults and children were being murdered. So weird.
1: So uh, who could that be?
2: Yeah, and this is where we get one of the first actual reports, okay? Because they they come to him. They come to him because, you know, the legend has it that this guy could do it. And it turns out that more than one person in this town was actually an eyewitness to him supposedly in the midst of transformation. So they watched it happen. Like, him go from man to wolf, okay? I imagine
1: his, his back is just arched, and he's making horrible noises, and mm-hmm. maybe he's outside of a bar, and he's just puking. Um. So, yeah.
2: And then they, they did execute him, but let me tell you this. It's a little <laughs> unfair.
1: He's gone. A
2: little bit unfair to Mr. Stube, because uh, they tortured him extensively to get him to admit this. You know, sometimes you gotta do that. And while he was being tortured, he... And openly admitted that he had killed animals, men, women, and children and ate all of them.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was pretty keen on the incest as well. I'm pretty sure he fucked his sister growing up and then uh, he uh, impregnated his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, under, no, let me clarify this. This is
2: not particularly clarified in many of the articles and kind of synopses of the story. Uh, all they say is that he claimed that he had a magical belt that would... When, when worn could turn you into a wolf. This was also admitted while he was being tortured. Okay. So take it with a grain of
1: salt. He's probably just looking at his wrists. Just like, oh, there's a belt. Just like they're strapped down. You know, he's like, just looking at, just, you know, just just fucking uh, uh, freestyling. Yeah, probably you know, a little bit. You know, just like improvisation, just this is what it is. Maybe you find the belt and stop torturing me.
2: Mm-hmm. So these are some of the bigger stories. Now we're going to move into the reality of what exactly does the full moon do to people, okay? Now, if you're out there and, you know, perhaps you're one of the astronomy people or, you know, you're into the idea of astrological signs and things like that. Ah, yes. You might have something to say about this, but the reality behind it is we don't know. The one thing we can observe is that certain things, especially violent crime, seems to spike during full moons. And this study, believe it or not, you can look this up if you want, this was done by Australia's Calvary Matter Newcastle Hospital. Okay? Okay. Um, and they, th- you know, the, the articles that came out, it was like, full moons bring out the beast in humanity. But here's just the simple data. In the area that they were serving, there were 91 violent standalone behavioral incidents that occurred, you know, that came to the hospital. So byproducts, they were brought to the hospital. Okay. 91, Okay. And this was between August of 2008 and July of 2009. 23% of that number occurred during full moons. So a significant portion of one year's worth of crime Mm. occurred on only about 11 or 12 days out of a full year.
1: Okay, all right. That is interesting.
2: It puts it into perspective a little bit. 23 seems a little bit low. That's
1: what I was saying. Th- I was like, wait a minute. That but doesn't... you
2: got to realize that a full moon is only... It only happens every so often. Yeah. Depending on the... I, I'm not too good at like the cycles of the moon, but it's about once a month, somewhere between like 25 to 33 days. It's yeah. somewhere in there.
1: I have no idea, but I yeah, that sounds right.
2: And so we can... assume We'll even round it up to 12 for the sake of numbers. So 23% of crimes took place in a 12-day period, like over the course of 12 separate days.
1: Out of 365. Yes, like exactly. That's, that's crazy.
2: So it, it it's interesting.
1: I wonder if many of them were drownings, what with the tide.
2: Yeah, I'm not... I'm, I don't know. I'm really moon, not quite the tide, sure.
1: Who fucking knows? Can you imagine if uh, someone uh, was a werewolf, just, you know, in a spaceship, and uh, they, were, they were just traveling at such an angle that they were constantly exposed to the moon as it's full.
2: So they would just be perpetually just wolves? Yeah. I mean...
1: It would probably screw up the dials and the uh, machinery.
2: Yeah, they would cause a lot more problems than solve. I'll yeah. tell you that.
1: It's an interesting thing to entertain. I don't know.
2: But yeah, so these are... Th- that study I found, I found quite interesting because I know that that's only one study, so that doesn't necessarily mean... Anything, if you want to think with a scientific mindset for this, first and foremost, you're in the wrong place. I'll tell you that right now. But just playing the devil's advocate here, it is very likely that these are just coincidences. And perhaps, if you want to get on the sociological side of things, perhaps crime happens a little bit more frequently during full moons because it's still dark, but you still have a little bit of that extra light. You know? Yeah, who It's knows? not pitch black. You're still able to kind of maneuver and see what you need to do, but you're still under that shroud of darkness. Yeah. So you have to look at all the, you know, we're not going to turn our backs on actual thought-out ideas here, but you can't deny that it is interesting. There's 23% some,
1: ain't nothing to sneeze at.
2: There is some real interesting stuff. So I have one more like story that takes place. This one's a little bit more recent in 1715. And then I'm going to talk about just a couple one-offs that happened, you know, recently.
1: Yeah. There's and, the B of BR. Yeah.
2: And I mean, recently as in probably within some of your lifetimes, uh, depending on what, how, what age you are when you listen to this. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about Peter, the wild boy. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Peter the Wild Boy, interesting fucking guy, in 19... I keep saying 19, that is not... I mean, that's that's
1: the most familiar.
2: In 1725, he was found wandering around naked on all fours through a German forest. All right? This kind of led locals to be like, that guy's a werewolf. Like, this guy's a fucking werewolf. It's just
1: an American tourist having too much fun with the drinking age.
2: Um, he ate with his hands. He could not speak in any coherent language, and obviously, like we stated, he wore no clothes and he was living the life of a feral person or a wild animal, right? Cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess you could say. I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, you, you just find that you just find a person like that.
2: Um, he was actually eventually adopted by the courts of King George the First and King George the Second.
1: Good for him.
2: And he lived out his, the rest of his life as their pet. Oh, never
1: never mind. <laughs> <Holy> yes. <shit. laughs> he was their pet. Did they at least like give him clothes?
2: No, <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: No, they wouldn't. Dane, no. Okay.
2: So, interestingly enough, uh, contemporary research, finally I'll be able to get this year right on the first go around. In 1978, something was discovered called Pitt-Hopkins Syndrome, Okay. And this is a condition that causes lack of speech, seizures, distinct facial features, and facial reconstruction. And I don't mean, like, surgery. I mean, like, it makes your face look non-normal, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Difficulty breathing and intellectual challenges. So, it's believed nowadays that this story of Peter the Wild Boy, he suffered from Pitt-Hopkins Syndrome. Obviously there's no way to know. I mean, this took place we didn't know about this I this idea of this syndrome until about two hundred and fifty years after this happened. Yeah. But well. uh some of the other interesting things here that we're working with, um there's a lot of medical conditions out there that mm-hmm. have encouraged this idea of the werewolf, okay? So, like we said, lycanthropy. Uh, in more extreme cases of lycanthropy, people actually believe that they are a werewolf. Um, it's not always that way, but it it certainly has been before. Um, believe it or not, some cases of food poisoning can cause people to have reactions similar to like rabies. You know, like where you kind of you have that like if, if you didn't know any better and you're looking at him, you'd be like, that guy is crazy. No way. But Wait. they're just sick.
1: So you know someone, what I mean? Yeah, someone like drops an egg roll on a dirty floor, and I eat it, and I can just turn into a werewolf.
2: Well, not per, not obviously you couldn't turn into a werewolf,
1: but someone the, sneezes in my salad, and I become an animal.
2: Go I on. well in your head, or maybe to an observer that doesn't know anybody, they might think that this is the
1: case. All right. Well, they don't wash their hands after they wipe. That's true. And I just become
2: ah oh, just a dog. How about this one, huh? Hypertrichosis. that is a rare extremely rare genetic disorder and if you've seen uh big top peewee yeah you would know uh that guy actually had that and that's where you have like that crazy facial hair growth really and it, it's all over your body like it's super rare but you grow hair like you're fucking bigfoot
1: yeah okay so i've seen like pictures of those dudes in like the uh early 1920s and like freak shows and shit.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. like it, it can very 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 easily happen.
1: Yeah. Um
2: but so these are some of the like the more I guess what you'd call basics. Um it doesn't particularly mean that werewolves have to be real. But there are things out there that might lead others to believe that if they don't know any better.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of reinforcement.
2: Mhm. Um The hypertrichosis, as I said, sometimes it's referred to as werewolf syndrome simply because, I mean, just look at the name. You know what I mean?
1: No, yeah, yeah.
2: But we're going to... You know what? Let me go into this first. We'll talk about the Beast of Bray Road, okay? Now, for those of you remotely familiar with cryptids, things like that, it um, This is a big one. This yeah. is a really big one.
1: The Wisconsin werewolf,
2: dude. Yes, it has been researched time and time and time again. And the first sighting was in 1936.
1: Okay? In Elkhorn, Walworth County.
2: And most of these sightings, th- there's really not much to them past the fact that they're going to kind of glance over and they're going to see this thing that is tall, bipedal, covered in hair, and has the facial and head structure of a dog or a wolf. Yeah. Um, the- and I've noticed that there's like
1: a common story in like cryptids like this, where the 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 cryptid like chases someone's car. Yeah. And has red ar- red eyes and stuff, and mm-hmm. then they like get out when they get home, and there's like, oh, there's claw marks on my car. Yeah, yeah. That is also present in this story. Oh
2: yeah, because I mean there are sightings all over Bray Road and I mean this goes all the way up even to the present day I don't necessarily know how valid some of these claims are because there's a lot of them it's hard to sift through it and pick out the ones that you deem trustworthy you yeah, know yeah. but it has been researched um, just so you do know you can actually visit Bray Road uh, it definitely is not as exciting as you think I mean it's just a road okay but um, but it is cool. It's in uh, it, it, it's in a couple different like places. It cuts through Elkhorn County and Walworth County, and um, it actually got a movie and a documentary named after it. Yeah, in, in the like year two thousand five. Oh yeah. Um, and then if you do, I will say this: if you really, really, really want to get some crazy in-depth details about werewolves and werewolf sightings. There is a woman named Linda Godfrey. Okay, and I will uh, I'll post the link to her website below. I uh, I'll just advertise it for free because it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, why not? Is she related to Gilbert? I believe it's spelled differently. Damn it!
2: It it's it, it's because it's like Godfrey, you know? Yeah. Fascist. Um, but it it she's very very interesting. She's been collecting these reports like forever. Like she's got reports all the way through here, and they're a couple of the more contemporary ones.
1: Is it specific to Bray Road? Or no, is it, no.
2: There is she you know all over the country? But believe it or not, as far as as far as I was able to ascertain, based on like things on her website and skimming over some PDF copies of like her books, yeah, um, a good good chunk of werewolf reports come in Wisconsin. And they're not in the northern region of Wisconsin that you might believe. They're typically in, like, the southeast, southwest part of Wisconsin.
1: Like, towards Illinois?
2: Yeah. And it's very strange because you wouldn't particularly expect that. But there are a a couple common tropes that you can look for, okay? Okay. And more often than not, they're seen in tall, grassy areas or, like, cornfields,
1: things like that. Yeah, Midwest. Where there
2: is brush to kind of, you know, stealthily walk through. Um, Sometimes, you know, obviously by some type of fresh water source. And uh, a lot of sightings come around farms. And, you know, I mean, that's just it's easy pickings. It's food right there. No, it's
1: true, yeah. Uh It's the grocery store.
2: So... There is one report that I actually found very, very, very interesting. Now, don't get me wrong; I don't know enough about Linda Godfrey to give you a detailed analysis of how trustworthy she is. But I think I can assume that she, you know, she's not going to put bullshit in her book. Like she, she takes this very seriously. She is one of the the forefront cryptid hunters. She's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, female cryptid hunter in the world.
1: Yeah, those are hard to come by.
2: And she has collected books, or she's written book upon book upon book of different things, and a lot of them come back to the dog man, or werewolf, I guess, as you could say. Dog man. But it's a huge part of her collective stories. And there's one... That I found really interesting and like I was saying, I don't know if it's particularly trustworthy, but it's interesting nonetheless. Okay. So this girl, very young in age, around between eight and twelve years old, is with her brother. And they are the mom is doing the laundry at the local laundry map, and her and her brother go outside and you know, they're they're running around, they're having some fun, they're in the park. Being children. Uh-huh. And they noticed that there is this silver hatch, sort of like a bunker in the ground. It's just,
1: like, lost. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Yeah, nice.
2: So they see that, and it opens. And there's a man in there, okay?
1: Just, like, in Lost. (laughs) But, yeah, he's, like,
2: coming out. Uh, Interestingly enough, I, um, I heard her describe it as a white, puffy shirt. And, again, on... She was actually interviewed on the podcast Astonishing Legends, and they make the joke that, you know, like the Seinfeld puppy shirt. I was about shirt. to say
1: that. I was like, does you have to wear it on national television?
2: No, like they do make that joke. and I was like, that's what I thought. Hell yeah. And you got to keep in mind that this is much more contemporary. As far as I was led to believe, this took place in around the mid to late 80s or possibly even early 90s. Damn. So like th- this is new-ish, you yeah, is a millennial
1: you know? story, yeah.
2: Um, And... So he he looks very out of date, out of place, just not something that you'd see in a local park, you know? i just
1: picturing, like, Captain Jack Sparrow right now. That's a, yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good way to
2: look at him. <laughs> so this guy, he opens the hatch, and he's talking to her, and he's like, hey, it's cool, blah, blah, blah. And keep in mind, you know, she's she's not, like, talking to the guy. He's speaking to her. And he's like, you don't need to be afraid, and he says her name, like, her full name. She obviously never spoke to this guy before, doesn't know who he is, and she certainly didn't tell him her name because, you know, Stranger Danger shit. Yeah. She was too young. She didn't know any better.
1: No, oh, yeah. Wait, before we go any further, is this a Bray Road thing or, is, or Bray Road or is this just a separate account? No, this is a separate account. Okay, okay. This I'm is just, a just clearing that up.
2: Um, And interestingly enough, th- this freaks her the fuck out. You get, she gets that chill. She's like, I'm, I can't. Like, this is terrifying. Yeah, it's like a dream. So she's ready to bolt, and as she's ready to leave, uh, she heard the guy in the hatch muffle, like, not now. Like, please not now. And she hears these god-awful, like, cracking sounds, just weird fucking, like, I, like saran wrap getting molested by, like, a bear. I don't know, just wow. horrifying sounds and crick cracking stretching moving shaking
1: You snap of the bones this yeah. guy's
2: face starts to stretch hair starts to grow and she particularly paid attention to the legs and she said it looked as if his legs like his human legs were just completely obliterated and like shattered and went inverted and turned into like dog legs and as this happened, obviously, you know, she ran. She was don- gone. She yeah. ran. Yeah. He grabbed her leg and she was like stuck for a minute. She wiggled her way out and ran. Her and her brother ran back to the laundromat, told her mom. The mom was like, Yeah, yeah where's whatever. the brother
1: and all this? Is he just also there? He's just witnessing. He's it. just staring. He plays a part in this in a moment. All right. But he didn't, the, the, the werewolf didn't say his name.
2: No, no, no. As far as I know, that did not happen. All right. Um, but she bolts it, they both run, they run back to the mom, and she's kind of, you know, she's being a mom, she's like, okay, honey. She's like, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what do you expect?
1: Oh, you had fun at the park, like, you know.
2: Um, all this while, she looks down, and there are deep red gashes on her ankle, where the guy grabbed. (laughs)
1: And the mom's like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's Um, nuts. And
2: the only reason that, I mean, I guess this sounds a lot worse than I mean it. The only reason that the brother is so prominent in the story is because later in life, uh, throughout his whole life, she absolutely, er, I'm sorry, he absolutely refused to speak of this incident. She would always, you know, bring it up and be like, "Holy crap, like we saw a werewolf. Like we saw some crazy shit."
1: Can you believe it, Devin? And Maybe
2: he he would refuse, refuse to talk about it. I don't know what you're talking. About. I don't know what you're talking about. And eventually, you know, they did have a discussion about it and it was like, "Okay, I'm not crazy. He saw what I saw too." And funny enough, the way this story rounds out is that When she began telling her story to Linda Godfrey, she does not play around. She wants to know, like, approximate dates, times, locations, what the weather was looking like, any other strange reports of anything weird in the area.
1: Yeah, as you're telling this, I'm just like, where is this fucking park? Yeah. I want to go to this park where this just werewolf underneath the hatch is. Well...
2: When working with Linda Godfrey uh, They pulled up Google Maps Okay, They were, they were looking And they were doing okay. street view And the park that she spoke of existed The way she described it existed The laundry mat was right across the street Right next door It was still there The only difference is It was freshly paved So the hatch oh. was no longer No longer was the hatch remaining oh. But Again, like I said, if you, you know, just a cursory little glance at what Linda Godfrey does, and you'll know that she's she's not doing this for the sake of spreading rumors. You know, this is something she takes very seriously as well do the people that report these stories. Yeah, it's
1: not for like the sake of sensation. It's like, yes, this is this is fucking crazy. All these people are coming to me with these stories. Yeah, exactly. With incredible detail.
2: Exactly, and I, I do apologize. I know I jumped from Bray Road to this. The reason I did that is because Bray Road, There's, I mean, there's some stories of people, you know, perhaps getting their car attacked, like Jake said, or, you know, something yeah. strange.
1: And even, like, there are some, like, factual things. Like, there are weird, like, animal mutilations on the side of the road mm-hmm. where, like, just specific organs are taken. Mm-hmm. But that's really the extent of the craziness.
2: Yeah, And it's a long, long long-standing thing. I mean, I think a lot of areas have places like that where they have their own kind of history to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we got Reader Road here. We got the Demon House, like, a mile away. That's true. You know?
2: And it's like these things, they kind of start to take on a life of their own after a while. But Bray Road is a big one. Um, People still go there. It is private property now, so, like, you know, people try to go there and camp. Uh, You can't do that. I... I don't think if you're walking on it during the day, anything particularly illegal is occurring. But you know, you can't like do shit. Well, I mean, then... Yeah, well,
1: I mean, what are you more afraid of, a werewolf or a shotgun? That, that's the trade-off, you know.
2: Now there are there's one more story that I want to share, and this is going to connect us back to the way we began this episode. Okay. Okay. And there is actually a report, believe it or not. In Wisconsin, mind you, keep in mind. Jeez. The, of this park. It was a just a public park. Just, you know, your run-of-the-mill park. You know, had some trails. Just, just a regular old park. And in the very, very far off corner of this park, uh, near the tree line, there were multiple people that saw this weird kind of blackish mass, right? And as they approached it, they saw what they believed to be a very, very large dog sitting like a human, like with his ass on a seat, and his feet down, and like his, his chest up, you know, like a regular person would sit in a yeah. chair.
1: I imagine his elbows on like his knees and shit, just like he's yeah. had a hard day at work.
2: And he was smoking a cigarette. Why
1: is that always happening? He was smoking. Skinwalkers. That happened with the skinwalkers too. Is just smoking dogs. Mm-hmm. Jesus.
2: Exactly. This is the reason I wanted to bring it up. He did have a hard day at work because these things. We came full circle in this episode. We started with similarities and we ended with similarities. The idea of That's
1: broadcasting.
2: The idea of the skinwalker is very very similar to the idea of the werewolf. However. The main, main difference is that the skinwalker is much more calculated. The werewolf follows certain rules. I mean, if you were to believe, you know, people like Bill Schnoblin or Schneeblen or Schneebler or whatever the fuck he was. Yeah. Uh, werewolves operate similar to that of the vampire where they, they cannot enter your private property without permission. Skinwalkers, in a sense, are the same. But they do this by many different means, other than just like, come on in here, puppy. They do it in very, very unique ways. Things that, you know, perhaps, you know, they're in the shape of a cute little cuddly dog. And you leave out a bowl of food for it because you see it sometimes and you don't know if it has a home. Yeah. That, for the skinwalker, that's enough of an invitation.
1: Yeah, it's like they use the, uh, what is it, the kind of like, I feel bad for someone, what's that? empathy empathy the empathy uh, ploy kind of like black eyed kids you it, yeah, know
2: exactly and the werewolf at least as far as you know as far as we can research in the time we have there's not many stories of things like that the werewolf kind of just does what it wants when it is capable of doing it yeah
1: it's it's not much of werewolves coming up to people it's more people coming across werewolves
2: I will say the one thing that creeps me out the most about the Skinwalker, I know the Skinwalker isn't this episode, but they kind of go hand in hand. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I think it's because the past couple weeks I've been doing some werewolf research, you know? Yeah. Um. But uh, the, the one story of the Skinwalker that always and forever will freak me out, and I'm pretty certain it was a creepypasta, if I'm not mistaken, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, this lady let her dog outside because it kept barking and barking and barking. And when it was let outside, it stopped barking. And, you know, she was like, oh, he went to the bathroom, he went to poop, maybe played a little bit, ran around. And when she let, them, let the dog back in, you know, she didn't think anything of it. But it was actually a skinwalker that she had let in instead of her dog.
1: Oh, my God. Is that why you watch Navi piss from it the is. door every time you let him out? It is because I don't. I just wondered why you were just like you just hanging out in the door. Okay. I hate it when he goes oh, like on the side of the house, God.
2: especially at night, because like we'll leave the door wow. open and like I'll just watch him like uh uh-uh, uh ain't nothing coming in here and fucking killing this guy and coming wow. into my house. I just okay? I
1: just learned something about like a daily behavior I've witnessed. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wow.
2: And see that this is the reason that I find it so intriguing because it's like it has its roots in urban legends and folklore and just word of mouth stories that are passed down generation to generation. But in a roundabout way, it's kind of similar. I mean, obviously it is. It's a tulpa similar to, you know, Slender Man, like we just talked about, Mm -hmm. where it's so ingrained in the human psyche that it is real, even if it isn't. What it what we think it is? Maybe these bipedal canines that we see. Maybe it's just some form of like mutant wolf dog or something that's large and it's standing. You know, it doesn't have to be so evil. But because we have all this folklore and history, it takes on this extra role of something that we are projecting onto. Yeah, it.
1: it's the literal power of memes at the, mm-hmm. at, the, at the to their true definition. What a meme is is. We're making it goes meme tulpa reality. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know? No, a hundred percent. So keep in mind next time you're out, look for some bipedal canines and yeah, keep check it open. Them mind. Out. Yeah. Definitely look into it. There believe it or not, this is not one off things. There are hundreds and hundreds of reports locally, and I mean locally like in the Midwest for us locally yeah. per year.
1: Yeah. Like you said, corn brush. We got that in and, spades.
2: Mm-hmm. And internationally, there are thousands per year of reports. To, and my motto has always been something along the lines of this, where you don't have to believe the stories. You don't even have to believe the people, but you have to believe the data, okay? And basic math and basic understanding of numbers would mean in a certain pool of when there's over 1,000 reports, not every one of them can be blatantly lying. Even if they're wrong, they're not lying. They believe what they saw. And that's enough. Exactly. That is enough to at least give it time to investigate and research and think. Because that's human nature. If you want someone to respect your beliefs, you have to respect theirs. And vice versa. It, I mean, obviously, there's you know exceptions. If someone's like, well, I believe in murdering people that I don't like, you don't have to respect that. But you know what I'm saying? Like when people, they believe that they felt this way, don't write them off because you don't. Like, well, take it at face value and kind of evaluate what you can. And if you do that, you see the numbers out there of these reports. Some of them got to have something to it that's there has weird to be at something least. out there, yeah. Just weird. I don't know. Maybe that's where we leave it. Maybe it's just weird. I don't have anything else.
1: I think that's where we leave most episodes. It's like, isn't that just weird? Yeah, you know, we give
2: you the rundown and we let you think on it and stew for a week, and then we change the subject. Yeah,
1: But you put a nice little uh, little lesson in the end there, and mm-hmm. it is still just weird. Yeah, no, so it is. Yeah, I think I think that's werewolves. Yeah, that is
2: effectively that's our episode werewolves. on the werewolves of the world. Yeah, but oh. We will be back next Friday, as always. We typically do not—I think we've really only missed like one or two weeks. Yeah,
1: Uh, there is something,
2: but yeah, even that we still put out an
1: episode. We just—it wasn't
2: fresh, fresh, you know.
1: Yeah, even so, we have the Patreon also Mm -hmm. on Thursday this week, so that'll be fun for you Patreon people if you want to be a Patreon person. There's a link below right by that uh, link of uh, the Godfrey Lady.
2: Yes, we do. And if you're interested in continuing the werewolf talk, I will be sharing a very, very interestingly weird history and story surrounding the song The Werewolves of London. We're going to talk about that and kind oh of dissect it Oh, my God, I forgot you were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's am it so just, excited. It happened to line up. It's, uh, it's, it, it's just fun to kind of talk. It's a good song. Uh, and, and there's just some it's just goofy you know it's a fun ride
1: was London.
2: so if you can't wait you know definitely sign up we got more than 20 I think we got like 24 or 5 episodes up or something like that now
1: it's so much content
2: yeah like there there's a good amount of content on there and it gets uh, we're doing it bi-monthly so you get 2 per month uh, you know it's always there for you
1: yeah there you go <sighs> you can follow us on all the stuff all of the shit Yes. Follow us on all the shit. It's Everything. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have YouTube. We're on there. You can subscribe. You should do that. There's also the Patreon link below. And start a cult at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, or comments that you want to give to us. Maybe you make fun of us. Maybe you say we're cool. Maybe it's some sort of mixture of the two. Maybe you have a story. Individual stories on some sort of topic we could cover. Maybe suggestions. Start yeah. a cult at gmail.com.
2: Hook us up. Give us some... Give us some fuel that give you would like. Give us the like. fuel. We love let you us all, light you up, and we will see you. If we don't see you Thursday of next week, we will see you Friday.
1: Most of next assuredly, week. yes.
2: So enjoy and have a great time. Love you guys. Goodbye.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.